Welcome to the Circuit Clouds Podcast, the official podcast of United League Baseball. Purveyors of fine fake baseball since 1951. The baseball is fake, but the podcast is real. And today we have Charlie Qualls, Glenn Reed, and Lance Mueller. We're going to be talking about a very exciting 1983 pennant race, which is going on right now. Uh, hello, Glenn. How you doing? Yo, yo. Uh, hello, Lance. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> and how are you doing, Charlie? Doing good. Doing good. Hi, I'm Lance. Yeah, he's got a deeper voice, bro. You can't go for like... Lance is joining us virtually tonight. I thought it was an interesting time for us to do a podcast because Lance, Glenn, and Charlie are all essentially founding GMs. And I think this is the first time ever that all three of them have been in a pennant race at the same time. And yet none of the three have clinched yet with uh, six games to go in the season. So we thought this would be an interesting time to just chat about what's going on in the season and, and maybe some predictions on what things have happened in the last week. So why don't we start with Lance? Lance, why don't you tell us a little bit about your team expectations, how they exceeded expectations? So Lance, take it away. Hi, I'm Lance. Uh, when it comes to whether the team is exceeded or met or fallen short of my expectations um, for the season, it's kind of a uh, two sides of a coin answer. Uh, because this was the season which I was leaving as GM of the Colts, I, I really didn't have a lot of expectations. I was going to kind of lay low and just work on trying to get the team's finances in order and trying to get the team in decent shape for for the next GM. And that's kind of how I played it. I mean, a lot of the offseason moves as far as trades and so forth were really just about shedding contract and really trying to, to do that, you know, meet that goal of trying to get the team in good financial shape. And so, you know, I, I didn't come into the season, particularly since some of those trades meant that we were uh, shedding some you know, decent talent in order to uh, cut salary. And, you know, I didn't come into the season with a whole lot of expectations and I wasn't going to put a lot of expectations on the team because you know I was going to be moving on so uh, in that sense you know we certainly since we are sort of knocking on the door and have at least a puncher's chance of making the postseason I think the you know I think the team has probably definitely exceeded my expectations of, of what I had for it but the other side of the coin is that you know I'm always a competitive person I mean anybody who's been in the UL long enough knows that uh, I don't like to lose I, I'm you know always trying to compete for you know a division title and so you know not having a division title and and most likely probably not making the postseason you know it falls short of the expectations of that side of me but you know all things considered with all the moves and with really the goal being more about um, financial solvency and just sort of putting ducks in a row and having a good team ready for the new GM. Uh, you know, I, I'd have to say that this was a season that uh, exceeded expectations for sure. So he can't answer any questions, though. <laughs> well, he could. I mean, we could always cut and paste. We could cut and paste stuff. <laughs> you a Frankenbite? Nice. I haven't really looked at him that closely. Um, yeah, their pitching seems to be overachieving. Uh, well, catfish, anyways. I don't know where that guy came from. He swooped me on Odell Jones. I was trying to sign that guy. And Wortham, well, actually, he's not doing so hot for him, is he? He had a few good games in there, didn't he? Yeah, I feel like his first two games were really good, and then he kind of reverted to form. Dang. Yeah, I know. It was definitely shocking to see them. And uh, I-, I really have nothing to add. It's really weird with Lance not here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, one thing I can tell you is from the ratings count, he was the third worst team. So the fact that he's in playoff contention is pretty friggin' miraculous. And and Mike Witt has been hurt for at least a month, right? So his best player or best pitcher at least is out. So I mean, I guess it no. just proves the old thing, right? If you have Yount and Mosby up the middle, <laughs> I almost don't care <laughs> who old, else you have. The old adage. <laughs> yeah, the old adage, Yount and Mosby plus seven other guys is a competitive team, you know? Yeah. So, I think, yeah. I think Benjamin Franklin originally said that. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mosby up the middle. Yeah. Did he invent the tater tot? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> we'll have to do a Benjamin Franklin episode. <laughs> or a tater tot episode. Oh yeah. And he's lost McGinn, right? So I think in the last week or so, McGinn is out. So his, his two best pitchers are gone. He did mention, um, well, let's ask Lance since we have him here. Lance, who do you think were your the most pleasant surprises this season? The players who kind of overperformed. Take it away, Lance. Uh, when it comes to which players have been pleasant surprises this season, when we look on the pitching side of things, I think guys performed up to expectations. If anything, maybe Rick Camp, who you know I think has like nine or 10 wins, 10 wins as a reliever, as well as 20 saves. I mean, I think that's, you know, been a bit of a, a pleasant surprise, uh, particularly considering he was kind of thrust into a closer role that he's never really had to deal with before. But pitching was pretty midland the whole season, so not much on that side. You know, on the offensive side of things, I think, you know, there were definitely some uh, pleasant surprises. I mean, we'll start at the top of the lineup with Tim Raines, who, you know, last year I called out as being his breakout season, and unfortunately that didn't happen, and he had a pretty, meh, a pretty meh, yeah, that's probably a good description, a pretty meh season. So I didn't really know what to expect of him coming into this season. Sorry, hold on one second while I put um, some tater tots in the oven. Got up. That's right, that's the sound of tater tots going into the oven. Anyways, so yeah, so with Tim Raines, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have a lot of expectations coming into the season considering the sort of pretty bland season he had last year, you know, especially considering the ratings that he had going into last season, they really seeming like he was going to be able to ride those ratings to a really good year, which he didn't do. But this year, he's definitely broken out as having a tremendous, tremendous season as a leadoff hitter. I mean, I think he leads the league in stolen bases. You know, I mean, he's got an 865 OPS and, you know, has really turned himself into, you know, one of the best uh, leadoff hitters uh, in the game. Um, I think another pleasant surprise has probably been Andre Dawson, who who's always been sort of a reliably sort of bland producer, you know, anywhere from like 15 to 20 home runs a season, you know, maybe you know, 60, 70 RBIs, but nothing really particularly spectacular since I've uh, acquired him. Um, but this year, you know, he's really had kind of a, you know, I don't say a breakout year because he's been around for a while, but he certainly had a career year. I mean, right now he's sitting on 26 home runs and 89 RBIs. I mean, you know, he has a, an outside chance of going 30 and 100, which would, you know, definitely exceed anything that he's ever done and you know there's definitely been stretches of the season where he's carried the team where he's been responsible for wins that we probably wouldn't otherwise get i think maybe the other two surprises have been uh i would say gary gaetti who you know really in his first 
full, well, I mean, really his, I mean, his first full season, I can't really call it his rookie year. I mean, he got 146 plate appearances in 1981 with Washington, but this is really the first year where he was going to be relied on full time as a third baseman. And, you know, he's been pretty awesome. I mean, he's, he's hit 19 home runs. He's got 71 RBIs. You know, he's playing a super, super solid third base. I mean, he has, you know, he has gold glove abilities, I think. And there were definitely a lot of interest in him during the middle of the season, during the trade deadline. People were coming at him pretty hard. And, you know, he was a guy that I just didn't want to necessarily give up because I really felt like he had a lot of potential and he's, he's definitely living up that that potential. And then I think the last one has got to be uh, Joe Rudy. And he's been, you know, pleasantly you know, a pleasant surprise in, in filling in at first base. I mean, he's only played 90 games for us. He only started 81, but he's, you know, he's hit 12 home runs. He's knocked in 42 RBIs. You know, he's he's got a 790 OPS. I mean, he, he was really just meant to be a Band-Aid, you know, to the end of the season, considering the poor production out of first base. And, you know, I think he's definitely turned into a, a lot more than a Band-Aid. So I'd say, yeah, those those guys are probably the, the surprises for this season. So there you go, Tim Raines, Andre Dawson, and Joe Rudy. So, and Joe Rudy. What do you guys think of that? Well, I mean, yeah, he's got a he's got a shocking offense. I mean, Gaetti's come through for him already. He mentioned Gaetti. Yeah. I don't know why he's going on and on about Joe Rudy. I mean, he's okay, but he's not that great. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's surprising. Right? I mean, Rain, I guess it's surprising that Reigns has developed so quickly, and maybe maybe that's uh, you know fair to say, right? Because. I mean, he hit like 200 last year, and now he's hitting 310, right? So, yeah, so maybe the fact that he developed so so quickly into basically you know, Ricky Henderson caliber elite leadoff yeah. guy, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, so that might be shocking. But, I mean, I mean, come on, dude. He was the second overall pick, and he's been traded for, like, Durker or whatever, right? He's only traded for you know, huge blockbuster trades, so. The point that Lance made about Reigns was that last year he hit 226. Yeah, yeah. This, year, this year he's yeah. up to 313. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but his ratings are essentially the same both years. So that's so I guess that's the surprise is not this year's not a surprise, right? He has a 5.8 war. That's about what you expect from him. I think yeah. the surprise was that last year with almost the exact same ratings, his war was 0.0. So yeah, I guess the stats have developed, um, have kind of grown into his ratings. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, Johnny Ray has developed nicely. That was another guy. He he never like his contact like took a long time to develop. But now, I mean, maybe you wouldn't know that by looking at his. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't say that because like he had three hundred last year as well. But I mean, rating wise, his ratings like took a while to develop. But now he seems like oh man, this guy's an eight you know eight contact legitimate second baseman, and he's raking so. Yeah, I mean, it's the classic Lance, dude. I mean, it's the classic Lance thing where he's got all these con. It's like Charlie's what he's doing, but maybe Lance pioneered the thing with the the high contact and those strikeouts and the hit and run thing, right? So I don't know how he does it or what settings he uses, but I mean that somehow his ratings are horrible, but he fields a competitive team every time. So did I mention Allen Mosby? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Ben Franklin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to my prospects coming into the final week of the season, um, yeah, I mean, I'll just repeat what I said in earlier answers, which is I think we have a puncher's chance. I mean, you know, I, I just honestly surprised that we're sort of here right now, anyways, that we have an outside chance uh, to make the postseason. You know, there was zero expectation of that. Um, 
and honestly I think that expectation probably stays at about zero just because of both the schedule I mean you got to play St. Louis and Montreal who, who sort of like have bounced back from a kind of a you know a, a poor season for them particularly coming off of their championship and you know they've been playing well I think coming into the end of the season so they're going to be a tough team to face as you know as well um so I you know I mean I think to make the postseason I probably have to run the board or you know at least win five out of six and I, I don't think there's much of a chance of that happening you know um particularly with um both you know Dan again and Mike Witt being sidelined uh, it looks like Mike Witt's going to be healthy enough to maybe you know come back and pitch either the last or next to last game of the season um you know, which will be nice, but at that point, you know, things probably will be decided, so it won't make any difference. If it does make a difference, it'll be nice to have him, but, you know, I don't have much expectation that it will make a difference at that point, you know, and as as uh, you pointed out in the circuit clouds, I mean, we're relying on Odell Jones to have two solid starts. He's going to, you know, have to go twice, um, and, you know, expecting him to be able to beat St. Louis uh, and Montreal back-to-back is, is asking a lot of him. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. I mean, you know, we're going to, you know, put a, uh, uh, as good of an offensive sort of plan together as we can and, and, you know, uh, attack these last six games as best that we can and, and, and hope for the best. But I think, you know, a lot of the prospects of having wins and making the postseason probably falls to the pitching side of things. And, and that's just, become you know problematic over the last month or so and certainly for most of the season quite honestly with the number of pitching injuries that the team has had but you know with having your top two you know, starters out for the last six games I mean it just doesn't uh, it doesn't bode very well so yeah I mean it'd be it'd be awesome to make it particularly as a sort of the swan song season as a GM of the Colts but uh, I, I don't have uh, much of an expectation other than a you know a puncher's chance of you know landing some solid blows and, you know, surprising some people, but I, I, I don't really see that happening. Can Chicago realistically sneak in? I mean, they'd have, they'd have to overtake two teams in six days and, and he doesn't have his top two pitchers. So are, is this team like pretty much toast? Yeah. They got head to head versus you, right? Exactly. So, yeah. So I mean, right there. Uh, yeah. If he sweeps me could decide. <laughs> yeah, he's, or yeah, two out of yeah. three, if he takes two out of three or sweeps me, then he's in great shape and I'm out. Right. So then he's knocked somebody out and now he only has to worry about. Yeah. Um, Cleveland yeah. or Seattle. Yeah. yeah. He's at least knocked out one contender. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's, he's got to hope he for, for like a Cleveland slump and a St. Louis slump. And then like if both your teams go say two and four, then he goes four and two, then, you know, it might be a tiebreaker or something, but uh, yeah. I, yeah. There's definitely going to be some kind of tiebreaker. You gotta believe, right? Yeah, you gotta believe. Yeah. Let's talk about Cleveland next. Glenn, remind us where you had. I don't. I remember. I recall from the season preview, we had Cleveland all over the map. I think some people had them as high as second or third. And that was me. Had them. Yeah, six yeah. So or, I had sixth or yeah. seventh. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was definitely in the Cleveland camp. I had them second because of the extreme defense and contact. Kind of what we just talked about with Chicago, right? Like his contact when you add, if you just look at um, the contact and avoid K ratings, Cleveland is like off the charts high. And I figured that that has to translate into, into runs. And then, of course, the extreme defense has to translate into run prevention. And so even though, even though the absolute ratings don't seem great 
uh, you've made a lot of trades, right? And improved your pitching staff as well, actually. Cause I was going to say the original ratings for the pitching staff didn't seem that great. Yeah. It's pretty um, different. Yeah. But definitely like Ruth is a 20, right? That's, that's like a, and that must be a guy you traded for. I don't remember you having yeah. him earlier. So, so yeah. yeah. So you've added guys where in the past the ratings weren't spectacular, but the defense was spectacular and the contact was just, you know, off the charts. So I figured on those two things alone, you would be like very hard to score against and would score enough to be, to be in the mix. So, yeah. So I like Cleveland a lot preseason. Yeah. So, so Charlie, are you, so your team right now is, uh, what are they? 80, 80 and 70. You're basically mm-hmm. one, you're one game out of second place in the East. Is this where you expect it to be? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty close. I was one of the ones that picked me second too. <laughs> so that kind of skewed. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I knew I had 80 games in me. I was hoping a little more. Basically, I, I was hoping the defense would carry the mediocre starting pitching a little bit more, which that hasn't really panned out as much as I'd like. But then, on the other hand, the offense picked up. So that kind of balanced that out. So I, I kind of knew we were going to score some runs and at least have a lot of traffic. And I, I thought the pitching would be a little better. So I'd say we're about where we were. I, I had a hunch we would be in some kind of race for the wild card, but um, yeah, I'd say so. I, I think the surprising thing for me is that you're fifth in runs scored. To me, that's been the biggest transformation because traditionally your teams have been low scoring. Yeah. But what do you think has been the big change on that? What's the, what's been the secret of you know, scoring all those runs? Um, actually, I think health because uh, I have uh, most of my injuries are to pitching. And so, you know, obviously I got a full year out of Stinnett, which is, seems yeah. pretty shocking. Um, Rivers went down as pretty much as expected, <laughs> but, you know, I managed to replace him, but then pool got hurt. So, yeah. uh, but overall, I think just a full season of Parrish and, and Parker has, hasn't spent a lot of time on the DL and, uh, Mullenix has yeah. been way better than I yeah. expected. Yeah, no, I mean, you got to give credit. Yeah, yeah. Rancy is it's really quite good, right? So that helps. Yeah. So just having him there in the middle. And then once I moved Parker down to six, then he started hitting again. So uh, he had a monster August. Now <laughs> Wait, he's dude, you signed spots. a guy. Wait, hang on, hang on. You signed a guy from double A who's like, who's absolutely crushing Mayberry. You signed Mayberry, Mayberry yeah. like halfway through the season, right? Uh, from yeah. He's no, I signed him at the beginning, like the 11th oh, okay, hour. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. It just bugged me that he was even, <laughs> he wasn't even on a triple A team. Like how is this? That just pissed yeah. me off somehow. Yeah. yeah so you, signed then, him on, you signed him on opening day. And then on May 5th, yeah. you, you got it. You gave him an extension for 875. And yeah. he's hit, he's hitting, he's a 2.7 war, 800 OPS. Yeah. Yeah. And so he started out hitting Cooper who I I love, I love that guy. He's one of my favorites. He's a fan favorite, but just never put it together. He just never hit for me. And so Mayberry took the job essentially. And actually Mayberry's got better defense if that's, you know, possible. possible. So that's been a big one for me. And plus he's, you know, he cost me 350 K. So that was, uh, that was nice too. 
Yeah, he's a three-war guy. Yeah, he's basically a three-war player. He's only, he's only played like 300 at-bats or 400 bats or something. He's basically yeah. a three-war player that he got from double-A for a minimum contract for nothing. I mean, that's that's incredible yeah. value, bro. Oh, good there were a ton of guys out there. I was, I was trying to push for, there's so many guys out there who never got drafted or never got picked. And they're just sitting there. And it's not going to happen, right, after expansion. Those guys, you know, everybody's going to find a home now. And so it was just a rare opportunity to get some of these guys for nothing. That was the second baseman guy. What's his name that I have? Andrews, Rob Andrews. Rob Andrews, Rob Andrews. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. $2.95. You know, and he was basically Stanette insurance for when Stanette was supposed to go down, but he never did. <laughs> so that was yeah. lucky. So I think it was guys like that, even pitching like Griffin, you know, just picking up just random guys who are a little different, who can help a little bit. So um, do you want to talk course, a bit Collins, about yeah, yeah, Collins is Collins. having a monster year. Basically anybody who Pete yeah. says is going to suck is <laughs> good to go. <laughs> it's a contraindicator. Yeah, it's yeah. like with Gossage, like you Gossage wasn't going to win and Collins wasn't going to hit. Yeah. So yeah. If we could get him to talk about how Ozzy isn't a very good leadoff man next year, then <laughs> yeah. we can write that shit. Right, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but this year, 15 and three, 1.91. He's basically, he's going to win the ERA and the strikeout titles. Probably the odds on favorite to win the Cy Young. Like, did you see that coming? Or is this, is this a case of like a guy, is it, he's long overdue to have a, a good season and he finally just broke out? Like, yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, the, I traded for him to make him a starter, and he did kind of all right. And I thought, well, worst case, you know, I can put him back as a closer. And uh, I tried that, and he just wasn't having it. He just was literally like blow every other game. And now he starts <laughs> demanding. He starts demanding to be a, a starter. Mm -hmm. So this was actually his full, first full year as only a starter. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And he's the eighth. Starts. Yep. yep. So I think I think he's stuck there. And plus, he signed a long contract, so yes. he's going to be there for a while. Hopefully, he can keep doing it. It, it is shocking. I, it would be nice if he could get just a little bit more as far as stamina, but mm. um, still, yeah, I don't think he's going to get the Cy Young. I think Durker is going to. Yeah, Durker just so. has more innings. That's that's the one thing I think that's going to put him over the edge. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously more like complete games and shutouts and things like that. Yeah, but I think Gossage will probably be second. I think, yeah, I think he's got second. That's good because then oh. I don't have to pay him. I don't have to pay him the bonus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's been that. That's probably been the biggest surprise is that he's just he's just been unbeatable, even though he only gets six innings a game, mm -hmm. which is bringing me to the bullpen, which has been huge. And that's been, I've been really trying to nail down a solid bullpen, at, if not for this year, for next year. Hopefully they can. Yeah, your bullpen's through. ranked number two. So, who, who, like, who are your, you've got Luis De Leon with 31 saves. Like, who else? Yeah, he's, he's um, awesome. Yeah. But well, he got, nine, he got nine losses. But once I got Andahar in the pen, that was, that was key. Once I stopped trying to make him be a starter, uh, he's been pretty rock solid in the bullpen. And he's got a bunch of wins. I don't know how he's he's got like eleven wins, though a lot of starts. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think uh, especially once if Diaz can come through and reach his potential, I think he's he could be the next closer. You, you trade away Cecil Cooper to get um, Carlos Diaz, right? Yeah, yeah, 
And that was a tough one, man, because I love Cecil, but yeah, just yeah. He just can't. He just wasn't hitting, man. He just wasn't doing it. I do like my prospects in the pen coming up. Well, how would you place your odds of making the playoffs? First of all, uh, uh that's I'd say 50-50 at this point. I I feel like literally I'm gonna like go three and three the last sim. So it's kind of up to whoever loses, you know. So right. I, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna squeak in this year but I feel like I'm set up for next year better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you say your most likely scenario is maybe like finishing one game back or losing a tiebreaker or something like that? Yeah. Something like that. I think it's probably going to come down to, it's probably going to come down to Brooklyn and St. Louis. I think. When does a uh, goose pitch, let's say there's a, uh, let's say there's a, uh, a one game tiebreaker. Like how does goose line up for that? He, he could pitch the tiebreaker on like one day <laughs> short rest. So other one, oh, two, like three, four, yeah. five. It's either going to be Tom Griffin, the number five starter, or or Gossage. So yeah, and so, it's like yeah, I he, can't really save him for a game that may not happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, Charlie. If you do sweep into the playoffs and you get Detroit or LA, like what what are your what are your prospects against those two teams? Well, I don't know. I'm actually. Who would you I rather played those face? guys. Oh, how, I don't, oh, geez. Um, I think, God, I think I'd rather face Detroit at this point. I, I don't know. I think Sean, Sean thinks I play him better. And so it'll be fun to watch him squirm. <laughs> but, uh, right. You're seven to five against Detroit and seven to five against LA. So you're one of the, yeah, who's, who's had I played him well, but then, you know, some teams I'm supposed to beat, I don't. So I don't know how that works. But, um, yeah, I think I'd rather – I mean, D- Detroit seems a little – missing some key guys. There might be a way to squeak past them. But uh, I don't know. I don't see I, – I don't see anybody beating L.A. kind of feel that that's the team to beat this year. Yeah. I mean, their pitching is unreal. Durker's a slam dunk. So, Glenn, let's switch to your offense. You built the team around left-handed mashers. You've got, yeah. You've got the three Daryls, Strawberry, yeah. Porter, and Evans. Yeah. So yeah. Which of your players has um, kind of overperformed or surprised you? Well, if I'm honest, like nobody has outperformed. I feel like my hitting is underperformed, if I'm honest. Um, Strawberry has disappointed. Cromarty has disappointed. Like to me, it's just, you know. I mean, <clears throat> basically, I bet everything on walks and dongs, and and I see that that was maybe not the best thing to do. <clears throat> so at every, you know, at every turn, I essentially turned my back on contact and went for power, and I just that was not a good idea. So yeah, so basically, no one has really outperformed my expectations. I would say, and a lot of guys. Not even Al Woods, who's hitting 342 with a 900 OPS. Uh, Al, yeah, but I mean, so, but that kind of goes back to one of my, arguably one of my mistakes, right? So I had Woods and I had Lonnie Smith. I had all these corner outfielders, right, who could hit for contact, but no power. So, so I traded Lonnie Smith thinking I'll pl- I can turn Cromartie into a center fielder and draft Daryl Strawberry. So I'll have, you know, now I have a power hitting corner outfielder. I could have just kept Woods and Lonnie Smith and had two superb contact hitting corner outfielders with no power. But I, 
I convinced myself that that was not the thing to do. And I think that was probably wrong. Like, it, like the ultimate answer is I still think, obviously I think power is important, but it's, it's more of a mix. Like, so basically, you know, like I always want to be the best at something or be first at something, but even though I want to be first in homers or first in walks, it doesn't mean I should be 14th in average. Right. I need to be like seventh in average. If I can be seventh and average, first in homers, first in walks, then I've got the number one offense. But <laughs> having like the number of whatever I am, tenth, it says tenth and average, but I'm sure that's only because it's only because I put Al Woods in, who's raking. Right? <laughs> before right, right. that, before that, my average is quite a bit lower. So yeah, so yeah, so again, lesson learned. You know, again, it's, it's a it's a work in progress. You know, well, you're tenth and average, so, but you're, you're third and on base. So so the, you know, the walks are obviously working. Yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. As we said, right now, the way the standings are, you are a game back of Brooklyn and Seattle, and you have you play Chicago and Brooklyn. So I think you're the only team, the only contender that has that plays two other contenders. So basically, you can knock those two teams if you. If, I think if you're like four and two, that should yeah. do it, right? Unless Seattle and Cleveland both get red hot. Well, yeah. But even there, I mean, so <clears throat> that's right. No, that's right. But um, Brooklyn plays Denver at home. And I think Denver on the road is like extremely poor and Brooklyn at home is extremely good. So I think I could probably beat him two games out of three, but he'll end up going four and two and finish ahead of me no matter what I do. Right. And I think Brooklyn's always in because they're, they're just so good at home and they end up with, like I say, three against Denver, horrible at home or horrible on the road. I mean, so, so like to me, it's like, he's going to sweep Denver and then, and I don't know if I, if I'm even, I could be eliminated at that point. Right. Much less you know, or need to win all three. So can I sweep him? I don't know. I don't think so. What, do you, what about, can you sweep Chicago? I don't think so. It's been good. It'd be fun. I think it'll be uh, probably a solid fifth or sixth place finish for the Colts, which is again, all things considered as far as expectations going into the season and what the season was about uh, for me and for the team, you know, that's a, that's a, I'll be happy with that. You know, for someone who likes to, to win, you know, being happy with uh, finishing in the middle of the pack is, is saying something. So, yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, keep our hopes high, but our expectations low. So there you go. I mean, you know, he doesn't have, I have a chance because he doesn't have him again and he doesn't have wit for that series. I don't know if they're coming back at the, you know, if they'll be back, back at all this season, but, um, but I don't think he has him for that series. So I have a better chance than I otherwise would, but you know, again, I just said my contact is horrible and, and, and I sometimes struggle to score against those guys. And of course his defense is absolutely electric. So what I need to do to win is like, I, I need to be able to hit a bunch of dongs at home and I am home. So maybe, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Have you looked at, or have we, do we know what the, uh, head to head is? I haven't looked at the head to head, but what's interesting to me is that every team that's bad against Detroit is also bad against LA and like yeah. so they go hand in hand. So for example, St. Louis, you're four and eight against both Detroit and LA Brooklyn yeah. is four and eight against both Detroit and LA <laughs> yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Seattle is five and seven against Detroit, four and eight against LA. The only teams. Yeah. So, so if Peter and Sean are listening to this, 
The two teams they should be the most afraid of are actually Chicago and Cleveland. Chicago's eight and four against Detroit, seven and five against LA. Cleveland is seven and five against both teams. Far out. So that's how. Can I get? Can I ask you guys? Do you think there's some sort of algorithm within the game that it kind of it kind of plays out these dramatic endings? It's kind of, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Is that is that a possibility, or am I just? I don't think so, bro. I think Iron Mike is just, I don't think he's like concocting it so that it comes down to the last thing. Cause I mean, cause imagine, right? Like you have like some seasons where people just run away and hide, you know, but, yeah. but I just feel like there's so much parody. I mean, it's the reason why we're talking about expansion, right? So much parody teams are stacked at every position. So every team is, you know, got gold glovers at every position except for mine. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, you know, like it's just, there's a lot of parody and then people are close and that's the whole argument for it being wide open, you know, and it is wide open for that reason. So, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I, I don't I, think Iron Mike is like cooking it, you know, <laughs> I agree. I also think that if, if you look at where we were in like May, there was a while there when we had like 12 teams clustered within three games or something. Right. Yeah. It yeah. Was super tight until about June. And then things started to differentiate. Um, I mean, Boston was always at the bottom, but there was, um, I mean, I remember people talking at the beginning of the year, like there could be eight or 10 teams in the in- Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. The fact that teams like uh, Manhattan, Montreal, Atlanta have faded out of the race, that's a bit surprising, um, you know, because they, they, they were right in there earlier on. We, I think we've had pretty dramatic finishes the last three yeah, every so season. On, yeah. I know Seattle and Seattle and Brooklyn are almost always in it to the very end. Um, yep. Um, so here they are again. So, so Glenn, let's, let me ask you this then: If you're so, if you're St. Louis, who would you rather face, L.A. or Detroit? <laughs> if, if by some, Come make, on, man. Come on, dude. I'm not making. It. I, I don't. I don't. A, I don't believe I'm gonna make it. But if I did, I don't. It doesn't matter. I, I'm an underdog to both guys. The only reason why, like, I think I might have said this before we started. Like, to me, the only reason I need to make, I have to make the playoffs, is because I need the extra income. It's, like, it's all about revenue. I don't I have no expectation to beat anybody again. My pitchers suck compared to their pitchers. My defense sucks compared to their defense. So. <laughs> I'll get my ass kicked by either one of those two teams, you know. Do you think you match up better with Detroit because you basically you, you could outmatch Detroit? Uh, that might, might be my only chance. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to put it that way, or his home, his stadium doesn't. I don't think it suppresses home runs. Is like LA is like a pure pitching stadium, so obviously I'm gonna like super suck there. Well, not to- okay. So you talk me into it. I'd rather I'd rather yeah. play the the hundred win <laughs> Detroit team. Not, not Whatever. Jerky McAnally, Martin Stuper, Rosma, right? The best pitching staff in what thirteen years or something. Yeah. So, yeah exactly. Not to disparage Detroit because they're obviously a, a monster team, but if you're talking about matchups, maybe you have a slightly better. No, it's true that Detroit also Detroit has pitching injuries, right? I mean, his he doesn't have his best guys, right? So, yeah. All right, dude. So I'm coming for you, Sean. <laughs> you know, all he needs is Bob Horner, really. Exactly. So I, I'm yeah. not worried about I'm not worried about Detroit. That guy could just hunt, unload for three bombs in a game, every game, and that's it. Yeah, his team's incredible. Yeah. 
Well, not not to uh, disparage you guys, but I, I am kind of I would love to see another Detroit LA World Series just because you know they it, it's always exciting to see you know they are they're pretty clearly the two best teams. So it, I, I always like to see the two best teams you know meet in the playoffs. Um, but having said that, last season was super exciting too when Montreal came out of nowhere and then just shut everybody down and, and you know and wins it all. That, that kind of thing seems to happen about once every 10 years, maybe. It'd be kind of shocking to me if, say, Chicago, like, goes 6-0 and and then goes all the way. Like, I feel like those kind of dark horse seasons are, are, are more rare. I, I wouldn't expect to see that two years in a row. Yeah, I think that, I think that with, between me and Glenn and Lance, yeah, we, we, we all have what it takes to get there, I think. But getting anywhere is going to be <laughs> another story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like we might squeak in, but we got Gossage and God yeah. knows what, you know, if, yeah. for starters. And so, and even he's, and even then, he gets six innings every few days. You know? <laughs> right. It's like, right, right. You know? Yeah. Right. So I, the other starters, are, it's just up to what kind of day they're having, really. Yeah, I feel like L- LA's fourth starter, John Stuper, would like he would be an ace for yeah, yeah, my team, exactly. yeah. Yeah. The team yeah. exactly. Yeah. When's the when's the sim? Sim is Monday night, so I'm hoping to I'm gonna try to crank this out. Uh, I'm gonna do it after. It'd be like a time capsule. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, well, I don't record. <laughs> We record different answers. Two versions, like, yes, yes. Like we predicted, like we predicted exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. That's awesome, bro. Rennie Stanett's 13th inning Grand Slam. All Good right. stuff, bro. So uh, we'll wrap it up here. Our thanks to Lance, especially, who was... A- <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I, I do believe we owe uh, finance 101 episode. We've been the long promised finances 101. Maybe that'll be the next one. Uh, yeah. I won't be a part of that one because I need it more than anybody else. I need to learn. Experience yeah. is the best teacher. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's enough for us. And so until next time, here's to fake baseball. Baseball.